Everyone, hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen, and I am sitting here in Dining Room Studios with the lovely Arden Marine, comedian, actress, writer, woman who danced during the theme song of my podcast, which I love. Oh my God. Welcome. Oh my gosh, thanks. Am I your new best friend? You are my new best friend. That is so exciting. Thank you. I was just reading that your husband fell in love with you when you danced in the aisle of a grocery store. I apparently, like when I- I see what he sees. Well, I, you know what? I I gotta shake it, shake it. I, I was just at South by Southwest and there was like a party and nobody was dancing but me. And then somebody, some executive's wife like- was like really drunk and wanted to <laughs> dance with me and literally headbutted me on the dance floor and I had like blood all over my forehead. Like that's how much I love to wow. dance. I hurt myself dancing. <laughs> I I am not a trained dancer. My 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 fantasy life would be like my dream job for real would be to be like a Beyonce backup dancer. Really? Yeah. You don't so not not out in front. No, I don't need to be Beyonce. I could just be the single lady on the side. Okay. Just killing it, kicking it. I just want to, because, you know, I want to do it as like a group. Like I want to mm-hmm. be in sync with like four other ladies and we're all these five ladies killing it. Right. How do you feel about synchronized swimming? So good. <laughs> so good. I mean, doesn't ever, how could you not? I feel yeah. so strongly about it. I, it's, I'm I not a like good it's a swimmer. lost art. I'm not a good swimmer, but I like watching. I do enjoy like an Esther Williams. If mm-hmm. I see I'm like, that is a great, that is entertaining. I got my money's worth. Are you good at synchronizing your movements to other people? No, okay. I am. I gotta be free. That's why <laughs> I, I gotta be. I have no, I don't know. I've never been trained in any, like, I think I would love it. I think I'd be so excited that I was doing it, that I would blow it. Like, oh my God, we're <laughs> kicking in time you guys were raquettes oh my god like i i would be the person that would keep pointing out like this is happening mm. we're kicking in time we're single lazy we're shaking our ring finger up and down <laughs> and i would i would ruin it for everybody did you have to get stitches when the um executive his wife had no you? but i did get a blood clot on my crotch doing the worm um, to a Belle Biv DeVoe song at, at a at a comedy show in Brooklyn, I did a the worm over a mic cord. Oh, and then I and then I had to ice my crotch. Like I literally could have oh died. I had to like I, I elevate and ice my crotch for like two weeks with like bags of ice. I I do. I am legally obligated to ask more questions about this. Okay, blood clot. It, like a blood blister or like a chunk of blood in your crotch? No, like a blood clot. Like you could die. Like it could go like, to your brain. How did you discover you had Because this? I looked at my pants and oh, I went to the bathroom oh, and it was as if like a black blowfish. Yo. It was like my, like, like half of my lady parts were normal and the, uh, it was like a big black blowfish oh. that moved into my pants. <laughs> And then I had to fly across the country. It happened in Brooklyn. I had to fly across the country to do a Chelsea lately. And I had to wear like a blousy sister wife dress oh. for my broken crotch. And I had to like be careful that I, and I, <laughs> and I went to my gynecologist who is a former Mets player and baseball player. And he has a take me out to the ball game ring. And I, and I, he was like, how did this happen to you? <laughs> and I, 
and I was like, because I was worming, and he was like, why were you worming? And I screamed at him, because I still got it. And that's when I knew <laughs> it had a hard, I didn't still got it. And I think that horribly gone awry. It's Did all it true hurt? Story. It didn't feel good. <laughs> it didn't feel good. It didn't hurt as much as you'd think. Okay. I've hurt that myself way worse than that. It, that, was, that was not, the, I've had way more painful. It was frightening and embarrassing shame making mm-hmm. but it was not super painful but what a cool gynecologist i mean Such, with the backstory oh my god yeah he's also i i don't know i don't know like i don't i'm not a doctor i think he's i think he's also lena dunham's which is exciting really i think so what makes you think that because i think she wrote about him in her book and it's like who else oh, has like the, from yeah. her description i'm like that's gotta be him it's got to be him. He has a lot of comedy ladies that go to this guy that has like is a former Mets player. That's my story. I, maybe I feel like I want to go to him. You should go to him. Just like if he has like the magic touch. Dr. Randy wise. Harris, Dr. Baseball, <laughs> Dr. Randy Baseball. And he has a lot of artwork around his office that has like naked, like he has a lot of like it feels like a, a set design of like a Los Angeles gynecologist where we're. If my, I think my mom had to come with me once and, you know, I grew up in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. She was appalled. Like, like he has like a lot of aboriginal art of like hmm. women, like breastfeeding their babies, but as if that's supposed to be comforting, but it's so creepy. Like right. there's something, there's like just so much artwork of nude women breastfeeding or buck naked that it's like, I, 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 I not, I can't roll with this. This is so not me. <laughs> Are you more Rhode Island in terms of the art that you like to see in a gynecologist's office? I just feel like let's just all pretend this isn't happening. Mm-hmm. Let's like don't remind me. And it particularly as a male gynecologist, yeah. like having a man do it. If a lady did it, it's one thing, but having some dude who played for the Mets have like breastfeeding art everywhere. I don't know. It's just too funny to me. It doesn't. Would that make you ill at ease or amused? <laughs> it's funny to me. But it's weird. Yeah, I think it's weird. I think it's interesting to me that he went from playing for the Mets to being a gynecologist. Yeah. Like that's a real yeah. change. I don't even know. I mean, and now it's just like I never – Debbie Mazar hooked me up with him when I first came. I just – I moved here from – I just didn't think I was going to live here. Man, why am I just going to some regular gynecologist that the, the pedestrians go no, to? No, no. You should come to the, the Dr. gynecologist Ran- Dr. to the stars. Dr. Randy Baseball. He's the jam. Yeah. 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 That's That's my story. I um feel like I need to switch. I need oh to God. go over there. You should. You I should take my dog to get groomed by this woman who grooms a lot of celebrity dogs. Oh, okay. So I feel like I'm I'm in the circle. Sure. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, there are all those weird. L.A. loves to recommend a doctor. L.A. Mm-hmm. loves to be like, oh, you have to go to blah like, blah blah. Yeah. Like I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm so terrified of doc. I mean, whoever the first person somebody just tells me that, that's it. I won't change it. I'm afraid of them. I don't want to be there. Right. Just pretend this never happened. <laughs> I I totally hear you on that one. So there's so much I want to talk about. Oh my about. god, Bachelor so happened much, last night. I know the way that I'm. Well, I I've known who you are and thought you were hilarious for a long, long time. And any listeners who are listening, you know who Arden Marine is. Um, and if you see it, if you're listening, hearing the voice and recognizing it, and then you see a photo, you'll be like, yes, that's exactly who I think I'm hearing. Um. I don't know what all that meant. I mean, it made sense in my brain. I have just, a unique voice. I have a unique voice. That's right. You're recognizable via your voice. Um, but we actually met on the phone when I was a oh guest on Will You Accept This Rose, your Bachelor podcast. My Bachelor podcast is on Nerdist. Yes, Will You Accept This Rose. You were a great guest. Oh, thank you. You were a great. It was you were the only one that I had to do long distance. 
And I was in New York and Allison killed it. And it was it's nice to have legit fans of the show on. I'm like, quite, I've become quite a fan this season. No, have you have? Mm-hmm. Interesting. How come? Um, well, because I actually watched this season. I I had I had sat some seasons out. I was a fan in the early days. Me too. And then I just couldn't I, I feel quit. Like, I quit. Yes. I quit after Jen Chef when she refused to pick somebody, I was out. And then I came back in last season with Caitlin. I didn't watch the Caitlin season. I think I was sort of in and out. With I watched a little bit of Sean and um, I watched uh, Jake Pavelka on the Wings of Love. Okay, okay, that was way back when. No, but you but you were back in. Not Jake Pavelka. You- I watched the Jake and Vienna. I watched Jake and Vienna, but there was what was the one Aaron? I guess it's the second season. I, I don't- anyway, not important. Were you satisfied last night? Okay. All right. I want to get into all sorts of stuff about you and your life, but let's talk about Bachelor for a little while. This does feel we a little because it really does feel because like, I just came from taping my fight, which will air tomorrow. My final episode of Will You? Well, no, we will one more with Eddie Pepitone next week. Eddie, Eddie tells all, but um, <laughs> but um, uh, I it feels like a Make a Wish day for somebody who loves The Bachelor that I get to actually really truly break it down in the in the manner that it needs to be broken down. Yeah. It would just be me and, and the internet anyway trying to look for this stuff. So to act, like it feels okay, like a kind talk. therapy so, like that I actually get to talk it out feels so okay. wonderful to me. Let's all right, so wonderful. You and I, yeah. Now I'm not exactly sure when this is going to air. So when listeners, when you hear it, The Bachelor may have happened a little while ago, but, but we need to do this. We have to. I'm so sorry. We'll make it fast now. You and I had the same idea, which is that he slipped and said, I love you to Lauren. Yeah. And then the producers suggested he also say it to yes. JoJo. Yes. That's what I thought happened I still too. think that. Except part I still of think me, that. part of me says, but they could have just cut it out. I do know? think that, I think that maybe they saw the opening of like, oh, yes, they could have cut it out, but then Lauren would have known and I think to keep oh, it right. and then to keep it yeah. interesting I think for the viewers and her little like smug face like I think maybe they encouraged they saw that like I think so I think they sort of encouraged him to make it good TV now you and do you think that he is capable of being that conniving I don't I think he's innocent enough I think the producers are yes. and I oh, think for he's sure. I think he's pliable and maybe dumb enough I think he's a good guy who's he's like a piece of cl- play-doh yes. who I think is like and I do believe that once they encouraged him to do it because if his first Jojo was almost like I love you kind of like I love you friend mm-hmm. I love you new friend and then it was like and then I felt like the more he said it the more it was like no I am in love with you the more you. he convinced himself he, I think he convinced himself yeah I feel like the the sort of X factor for every single person on that show that is mentioned in such a tacit way but talked about all the time is their ability to be good on television like i feel like that's that you got to open up you got to be open to the process which to me just means like emote on camera yeah and actually so my feeling i knew i knew he was going to end up with lauren the whole time obviously i wanted him to be with jojo though because watching her i was like she's a real person yeah she's three-dimensional she's got so much more substance yeah but then I thought, or is it just that she's good at having a personality on camera? Well, I've looked at her Instagram account okay. today. <laughs> you tell me. I looked at her, and here I'm really Team JoJo. Her brothers freak me out. Oh yeah, uh, the, the cowl neck sweaters are too much. The, the mom hitting the champagne bottle was incredible. JoJo's Instagram account was a lot of like just sexy beauty shots of clothes, and I hmm. thought, 
And her brother was on a dating show. He oh, was really? like the best, which was ironic that he was such a total jack off to, I don't know, can we swear? Oh, yeah. That he was such a toolbox to like Ben. I like that that was my swear. But <laughs> I could speak freely. Toolbox. That he was such a toolbox to Ben. It's like, even though he'd been on with this one yeah. that Eva Longoria produced called like, like, I don't know, Fool for Love or something. I didn't know he was on that. And so he was one of the bachelors. But then it makes me think like, how they're like a wealthy family she's mm-hmm. a, like how messed up are you that like two of your kids go on bachelor so then right. part of me questions the intentions and like her entire instagram is feed clothing. is sort of her modeling different dresses and stuff hmm that is, is a bummer she might i started, I started following her i'll pull it up over okay chatting. she might just be the most substantial of the the flimsy people on the bachelor i mean I'm so glad it's her and not Kayla that are yeah. – I mean, Kayla to That's me – going to be the bachelorette, yeah, you Yeah, because Kayla mean? to me is a pod person. Like, Kayla, when yeah. she said, I'm like moss looking for a tree, you tell me <laughs> where you want to move, I just was like, I'm out. I'm out. You're freaking me out. But did, hadn't you heard that it, Kayla was going to be the bachelorette? Yeah, I think apparently they started filming and there was an uproar on Twitter. Oh, really? And, like, people were like, boo, we hate Kayla. And, like, and I think – they're like, goodbye I, diversity. I think – yeah, yeah, goodbye diversity. Oh, well. What are you going to do? Uh, but although JoJo's half Persian. Oh, that's right. That's exciting. Okay. That's exciting. Here we go. Like, who takes this photo? Like, who does that shot? Not me. I've never taken that shot. Jeff, have you posed Jeff? that way? I, I can't pull off a white dress like that. <laughs> I mean, anyway, she looks good, but yeah. anyway. So, yes, yeah, so that's, um, I'm hmm. glad, I'm glad she, she's the new bachelor. I used to like Lauren. I was really over Lauren by the end. Yes, I playing, was too. With her playing with her hair extensions and just sort of talking like, like and, a baby. And she was t- always smiling. And then, yeah. like, I, th- I don't know if she got like a lip injection. And There's then, something going on with her face. And then she would like wink at him <laughs> a lot. Like, you know what I mean? You know, so it's just, I just feel like you're my person. Oh, like, yes. I was so tired I of you. are my person. I was oh like, my god! Thing? It, that's better than I feel like a little kid right now. It's just like I feel like a little kid right now. And then that who was, was saying that they all did during like okay. a fantasy. Suite. Oh right, right. It's like a little kid that's gonna about to fuck three ladies at, at Sandals Jamaica with my Lord tattoo on my ribs. I'm in love with two women. He yeah. said that six hundred. Oh times. my god! I am a man, a conflicted <laughs> man. I think he literally bought it by the end. His mother, who I liked, looked appalled at yeah, what she created she exactly. looks legit horrified <laughs> which i appreciated yeah is your dog watching the elections no no sometimes she does watch television. oh my god that's fantastic she i was like is that it. on for the dog that's the, <laughs> the dog loves like it like just loves fox news i do oh my god is that what no I'm no on? no cnn <laughs> but it's like i like the idea that that's what the dog likes you guys you love each other she, she's Voting for Trump. She loves Trump. She yeah. loves, you know what? He just says what's on his mind. Yeah. She likes that about him. Well, she appreciates his take on business. <laughs> you know what? She's, she's got a real business brain. Um, and he's tough on Tara and she likes that. She too. loves that. The race stuff just goes over her she very tiny know. head. She doesn't, she doesn't know. get it. She doesn't know. Um, I like JoJo a little less upon hearing about her Instagram, but I, the thing that she kept saying was, babe. Babe, babe, babe. I actually every time babe. I've never said babe, babe to anyone in my no, life. No, I never have called anyone babe. And it made me babe. think. I made me feel so not like a human female. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like I watch this and I feel like not like a human female. Like, well, I would never like. It's just, uh, you know, I I hurt myself doing the worm over. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something like to be. 
poised enough to be like, babe, I got you, babe. You can tell me what's on your mind. Like, I don't have conversations like that. I don't go anywhere in a helicopter. No, I don't want, I was surprised at how chill they were about just like, like nothing but like vintage, Jump, vintage right. cars and helicopters. And jumping off cliffs into pools of water. She looked good in a bathing suit. She did. She looked Jojo, good. We're talking about she's Jojo. got a rocking body. Are her yeah. boobs fake? They've got to be. Um, they're I perfect. Wondered that, and I asked my husband, and and it took him point oh one seconds to say they're real, and then explain no why. No, he's wrong. He doesn't but get it. He doesn't get it. He the way he said it, it was like wow. I didn't know you were a connoisseur of real what, and fake. Boobs. What did he say? He said they're real because of the way they like were fall were dropping no. or something because no. fake he said that they're real cuz like there's like a V shape in between them and with fake ones it creates more of a C. I'm like oh my god is, like what? how hard of a, are you looking at the boobs? Yeah. I do Thank you. as a lady who has a real heavy boob. I have a real I'm a, above a C like I'm a C plus like and have always been even as a young person they're not st- like even when I was like 16 they were not I don't think it's genetically possible to have them stand up like that at all times in that that final awful sequin gown up on either side. Oh, the side. pink and white. I think they've got to be fake. They've got to be I fake. Wondered. They've got to be fake with that. Like, they, but no... they're not as buoyant <laughs> as I think of fake ones usually. They're great. Whoever, I, if they are fake, that's the that's you who know, you want them You know from. how we know they're fake? Because look at her family. Yeah. they None of them have their no, natural the, face. The mother's face has been I, like seven times over. I felt bad for her face. I felt scared. I felt scared for her face. Yeah. You know who did her boobs? Who? who? Tug McGraw. <laughs> it's a Mets joke. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You're, if you're going to oh call this, is listening. Oh my God, Doctor Randy Baseball. That's a, <laughs> that's a that's a boob slash guy crotch callback right there. Um. So yeah, I I uh I'm was so, over Lauren by the end. I was over Lauren. Good. And I feel like he can't backtrack from I am in love with you, Jojo. You are my best friend. Right. Like I feel like Lauren, and I feel like he's so desperate to feel unlovable that now he'll be like no I, like i think he likes to like beg for like mm-hmm. beg to be loved here's my question talk to me miss do you think he and lauren are truly in love in the way that only you can when you meet on a reality show or is it just that like they want to jump each other's bones and it's going to fizzle out in a few weeks which is what i think well i mean yeah they don't ever talk about anything didn't she say I am so in love. I can't believe anyone's ever felt the way that I feel before. Didn't she say that in Did the beginning? Did she say that? Probably. I mean, she might have been referring to like Jojo or Kayla, but the way they edited it, it's like, guess what? Other, you're not the only human that can experience. Right. Haven't you watched all the other seasons? And by the way, like other people have feelings too. You're not like, it's not exclusive. You're the only person who can love. Um, do I think truly in love? I mean, they've probably known each other for like three weeks. Right. They almost feel simple enough that they're going to convince themselves that it's destiny. Ugh. But I don't think they have a lot to talk about. No. But I don't know how much they would have to talk about with anyone. Well, their relationship is not tested in the same way his and JoJo's is. And because I did not understand what he meant when he kept saying I, that. What I tough think, emotional I things I think the tested was her brothers oh. and the roses when he showed up. And she was like, uh. By the way, she didn't <laughs> throw them out, the roses. And she didn't throw out the note. 
Oh, um, oh, well, yeah, with her, with yeah. Craig. Her That's ex. what Craig. I think Craig. By the way, final thing: How much did we love the pastor walking around the the Grim Reaper in the studio, reading the Bible, and then getting around. turned away? <laughs> it was amazing. He was, and then they had six minutes to vamp and fill when they wouldn't do. Like the producers so badly wanted a wedding to be yeah. honest. They were really pushing hard. Like they, they tried to like surprise him with. Now you said yesterday you would be ready to get married. No, you today, said it, but you then he said chose it. not to do it. Yeah, live on the Bachelor yeah. thing. Yeah, um, I oh, feel wait. good. About Oh, one more thing. I have one more thing. Oh, yeah. This is what I kept thinking with my logical non-bachelor brain. When he kept declaring that he's in love with two women, Uh he doesn't know how he's going to make this decision Uh by a few hours later that night as to which one he's going to propose to, as one does. I was thinking if I were actually friends with him, the fact that, first of all, I don't truly believe that he truly felt in love with both of them equally, but that'd be a real indication that you're not ready yeah like in real life that would be a sign that you are should definitely not propose to one of them dude i mean there were so many that is another one to have to, to backtrack i mean how are you going to backtrack and then watching his dumb fist pump after he got the com his <sighs> his, his t- he did a lot of tom cruise fist pumping yeah i liked i i also was less into him by the end of he the was sh- i was show. over him yeah. i didn't like that he let jojo get that whole speech out no i know but i was thinking I just like to imagine the conversations that producers have with them. And I imagine the producers would be like, no matter what, make sure you don't start talking until she gets her whole oh, yeah, speech yeah, out. Like yeah, that's, yeah. Do you watch Unreal? I've seen some of it, yeah. Because it feels like that seems right, accurate. Right. Oh okay. okay. All right. Let's okay, tell me to you. Oh, my God. That's okay. exciting. So you said that watching this makes you feel like not a human female. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that in my whole life. Oh, me too. You have. Oh, my God. Yeah. I looked like... I looked... I. I I, I looked like like Ron Howard for the kids out there. That's sort of like a Ron Weasley look. Yeah, I had like a little redheaded gentleman till I was like fourteen. Um, I was tiny, and my mom just cut my. I mean, because I have a ton of hair, I wouldn't let her brush it, so she just cut it off. And I would wear my brother's hand me downs, and I just felt, I just felt different than the other girls. I, you know, it was like I'm not super athletic. I grew up in New England, where they were all like these sort of like bouncy ponytail field hockey playing tennis so like i don't i don't know i don't i didn't i just didn't relate what were you like growing up i was pretty much exactly as i am now but smaller and looking like a man (laughs) (laughs) i was rascally and silly and would probably have gotten a blood clot on my crotch doing the worm and uh yeah i like to make things i have an older brother like um i was always kind of sassy Mm-hmm. I'm a little silly, silly. I like to make things. I mean, I grew up in the country, so it was also like this was Rhode Island, yeah. And we had a general store, and I mean, it was true. How quaint, yeah. It was really. It was sort of like a Nantucket, but we lived there year round. So, mm-hmm. like two months of the year, there was some stuff happening, but you know, we didn't have any stoplights. There was no stores, or I mean, it was it was literally a general store and like a fruit stand, and it was like an island. And uh, but so it was pretty to be outside. But I just. My whole, we only got like three TV stations and um, they would play old movies, including sort of like Esther Williams thing. They play like, and I just wanted to move to Manhattan and be like in a thin man movie. Like I just <laughs> wanted to go be like Myrna Loy, you know, working at the Rainbow Room. What are your parents like? My family, my whole family's funny. My my mom, my parents married on a dare. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, they weren't dating. They were coworkers and they lived in New York and they, uh, they were coworkers and- 
they got they were trying to get vacation time so they had like so it's sort of like the bachelor it's sort of like <laughs> the bachelor and they stayed married so it was basically everybody got two weeks vacation time but if you went on a honeymoon you got another two weeks and so they were trying to maximize the vacation time and so they got they sort of dared each other and then my mom um called him the next day and said I'll do it, but I don't want to get an annulled. My dad was like, I'll pay for us to go down to like South America for a month. We'll like have this like honeymoon. We'll come back and we'll get it annulled. And then she called his bluff. She's like, I'll do it, but I'm not getting it annulled. And so they had like a real wedding. They borrowed my mom's, like her best friend Arden. They borrowed her wet, like wedding dress. She, my dad got introduced as her boy, her fiance. And it was nobody knew. And it, I didn't know. But so it was like this odd combo of people. So she's sort of very sort of upbeat, you know, very like organized and kind of perky. And my dad is sort of like, he's like a Bill Murray character. <laughs> so there was this weird combination. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. Were they good, like really good friends beforehand? I think they want, I think she must have had a crush on him. Cause I know like, I think, yeah. like, I think, I think like, that's a good idea. Let's yeah. get married. I think it was sort of like the fun of, like, I think he was sort of, like, fun, and I think it was it was almost like The Bachelor, kind of like, I think she must have been attracted to him, and, like, you know, she was, like, a good girl from, like, and he was a little more wild, and I think it was like, oh, my God, this is happening, and then it's just, and then they just stuck with it. That's so <laughs> crazy. That's so cool. What were their jobs in New York? Um, in New York, they worked, it was like, they worked on Wall Street, but then truly growing up, my mom, in, in our town, it's like you were like a lobsterman, you're a cop, or you work at the gas station. And my mom, my mom just like started working for the local real estate. Like there was like nothing, it's it's truly the small, it's called Little Compton, Rhode Island. I mean, it's as small as, it's 3,000 people. Why did they choose it, do you know? My dad said he would live one of two places and she didn't want to raise kids in the city. She wanted us to be able to entertain ourselves. So we... Uh, he was like, I'll either live here or he'd spent summers there as a kid. And she was from like, you know, Long Island. She went to like Bayside High. And mm -hmm. he was like, he was like, I won't do the suburbs. So I'll do Manhattan or this little tiny town. So she picked the little tiny town. It's crazy. He's a salty dog. He's, he's tough <laughs> stuff. He's, I mean, he's funny. He's, he's entertaining. He's a character, but like, he's a salty dog. In what way? <laughs> I mean, like what was he like as a dad? Oh, he's horrible. I mean, he's like, he's like, uh, you know, he's not a good dad, but he's, he's, he's entertaining if you're, if he's not your dad. Mm, I know people like that. I think it's sort of, I mean, I think most, I don't know. What's your dad like? Um, in, in a lot of ways, my dad is great and I feel like, I care too much about his approval as an adult. Okay. Um, but then he also had, I say had because he's he's really mellowed out now that he's um older, but a lot, a lot, a lot of rage issues. Yeah. So growing up, it was just you didn't quite know where you stood. Right. And um, when it was good, it was it was great, you know. And I yeah. and like I really feel like at times I felt like he gets me and he sees me, but then at times I felt like. I don't think he loves me anymore. Like, cause his love just boom went away like that. Yeah. And it like tr was traumatic. Where kinda. did you grow up? Uh, Orange County, California. Yeah. Dads are interesting. Like, it's interesting when I, well, like, when I was on Mad TV, just across the board, there was, that was sort of the common denominator. Like, all the comedy gals, everyone, so there was something up with each one of our dads. Right. That was the common denominator. So, what was up with your dad? 
Oh, he's or a, what was your relationship with him like? Uh... I mean, he's, he's, he never wanted to have kids and okay. he would always tell us that. He's like, I told your mom if you want to have kids, she had to deal with you. So it was like, all right. So it was like, you know, it was like for always. So it's like, all right, well, yeah, he's just tough. He's just very, he's, you know, he's always, I mean, literally, you know, I've never taken a dollar from them and he'll be like, what, are, what are, what's your B plan when this all goes to shit? It's like, well, I've never taken, you know, it's like, you're not asking my brother that. Like, mm. you know, he's not, he's not super not supportive. supportive. My, but my mom is like my biggest fan. Like, and so, and I have this awesome brother. So it was like sort of two out of three. Mm-hmm. Did you try to get his approval of the youngster? I mean, he was sort of scary. So, I mean, I guess, you know, it's your father. So there's some, but there's something, you know, it's like, I think, I think it was pretty clear it wasn't going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, for, it was just sort of like, it was just sort of like you were like, there, it was, that was, that would have been a really huge uphill battle. That was right. just like an impossible, <laughs> I think it was just clear it wasn't going to happen. And where does your mom fit into all this? Cause that's, I also have like all sorts of triangulation I guess is the right yeah. word like being in the middle and like just all sorts like boundaries are just not a thing my family does well oh no I mean you know it's also like I think with my I think once I realized like like to sort of give her the dignity of her choice of like that you know they're still married <laughs> like sort of like okay I mean I do believe he gave me some of my special sauce like mm-hmm. I do believe he's very smart he's very funny like I do, like there's a lot, I, I feel like, you know, my brother's hilarious and I do f- truly feel like half and half of our parents, like the blood that's in me is 100%, like there's a lot, I don't know if I would do this for a living, like I think, um, I think he's very smart and funny and so, and I think even with my brother, like there's a lot of our like actual, it's almost like the actual ingredients in the cake. Mm-hmm. He was just not the nicest baker. You know what I mean? <laughs> does that make sense? It does make sense. Like, and so I think with my mom, but my mom was a really great baker. And so I think it was just sort of, you know, all she ever wanted to be was a mom. So it was just, I mean, we were almost like the three musketeers and, and it was just more fun, you know, um, he just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. He just couldn't do it. But, I, but it, you know, which I think it's like confusing growing. I mean, like, you know, obviously there's been many years. It took a while to like get to this point. Like, you know, it's easier now. Like it's hurtful while it's happening, but there's something now it's like, oh, it's never going to happen. Like there's nothing there. There was not one. There wasn't some missed conversation or some. It's just, you know, and he had a tough upbringing. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like it's not like he had this great thing. And, you know, it's just like he's just he never wanted to have kids. Yeah. Is your brother an entertainer as well? No, he could. I mean, he is so fucking funny. He could have been a comedy writer. He's like he's this genius. He he literally had like a computer software company um, like when he was like seven or eight. He just started programming computers and my parents friends would like hire him for stuff like he's just that guy. Wow. He was an English major like he but he sort of didn't try in school, but then he'd get like a perfect score on his SATs. You know what I mean? He just sort of learn it all. Uh, and so he has like a software company, but he could have easily been a comedy writer. He's so funny. And did you want to be an entertainer from Oh my god! The time I was like three. Really? Oh my god! Didn't you? Um. Yes. Actually, that was. Well, I want the first thing I think I said I wanted to be was a psychiatrist. Okay. Then quickly, I wanted to be. Do you have brothers and sisters? Um. Yeah, I have a younger sister, and I have two older half brothers. Yeah. How much older? They are eleven years older. They're from my dad's first marriage. Okay. 
So, and then my sister is four years, three years, nine months younger. Are you guys tight? We are. Yeah. She lives in New York. Um, so I don't, and I used to live in New York. Um, I don't see her as much anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, where it's like that, like a bond that transcends how frequently we talk. Yeah. Sisters are interesting. Cause I know like sometimes I have some friends who are sisters and they're like thick as thieves. And mm-hmm. then some sisters, it's like just the girls go at it. Like the competition yeah. between the ladies. Do you have sisters? I do. I, I, I felt lucky in my sibling pool. Like I had a good one. Mm-hmm. He was just funny, you know? And it was like this guy, he was, he was just a little adult who was just this funny, like, you know, I saw stuff I should never have seen as a young person, but like literally having this old, very, very smart older brother that would show me like Monty Python movies when I was like six or seven. You know what I mean? Like all like just this, I had like the whole Woody Allen canon shown to me, like all Steve Martin's movies. Like it was all this stuff that was like this sort of very sophisticated, almost like a collegiate, like grad school version of like, like the comedy greats. But because I had this older brother that would just sort of, you know, and we sort of, we could kind of, we were all night owls. We would just kind of stay up all night and he would just show me things. And he was a very smart, reasonable person who had a good taste. So you wanted to be an entertainer from the time you were very young. When yeah. did you start? Like, when did you start getting into it? I mean, I was from the time I was like four or five, I would try to talk my mom into moving to New York or LA. <laughs> I knew she was holding back my career. Like, <laughs> um, I remember I, I wanted, like, I'd seen Annie and I was a little redheaded. I was like, we need to do this. It needs to happen, you know? And <laughs> so I was always, uh, you know, again, it was, it was, we were in this farm town, so there wasn't much opportunity, but my parents were from New York. So she would bring us down each, like once a couple times a year, we'd go see plays. So I knew there was something larger out there. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in high school, I started writing plays because the theater teacher hated me. And so <laughs> I couldn't get cast and things. So I, they had this one act play festival. So I would just start writing and directing the plays and that, and then I, I did well with that. And then, um, when I was 19, I mean, I went to Chicago and I started doing improv, improv there. And then I, when I was 20, I worked at Conan. I was like an intern. Oh, wow. And then I started doing stand up and, um, but you went to college as well, right? Yeah, I kept leaving. I kept, okay. and I would figure out ways to get credit for it. So I graduated on time and I did like two years in a year. Um, but it was just like, I was ready to go. Like mm-hmm. I, I was, I, I just, my mom just wanted, she wanted me to basically be physically safe in the city. So basically like I fit, like I figured out how to do it in a way that I, you know, I graduated on time, but like, I just tried to spend as little time at college as I could. Mm-hmm. And then um and then as soon as I graduated, I I was waitressing, I was at Elephant Macy's, I was working for a casting director and then I would do stand up at night and that's how I got my first agent. Wait, you were an elf at Macy's? I was an elf at Santa Land. It was a nightmare. What was it like? It was like there I mean truly like there like that Sedaris story is very like there was a, was a lot of competition amongst like the elves that had been there every year <laughs> and there was like some of the santas that were like there was one santa that was probably a drug addict but he would like pass out when the kids were on people would but you're like it seemed like kitschy and funny on paper but then you're truly trapped in this maze with their blaring like santa baby like at all you know you're just trapped by eartha mm, kit for like yeah. a month straight <laughs> and it's also like agro new yorkers you know and you're in the most neutered it wasn't like a cute elf outfit mm. it was like the most neutered like turtleneck and an apron it was just not so yeah that but i'm glad i and did it's a it gross part of manhattan oh my god it's awful yeah. and then you couldn't even enter like the front you had to enter this weird side like you know the 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 staff like the talent <laughs> you had to go this weird like fire trap of an elevator to the back lockers Ugh. it was just a bummer 
It was not some magical like miracle on 34th Street. Right. It was like, I'm like, your dreams have gone to die. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was, that's what happened. And then I saw, then I booked, uh, once I got my agent, I booked, like, oh, I, yeah, you were telling that story. And, yeah. So then I started, I don't know. And then I started, I started booking things and, and that's. And you got an agent from. Stand up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I, and then I booked a sitcom that moved me out here. What sitcom was that? It was called Working. It was on NBC with Fred Savage and, and Steve Heitner. Oh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, that's how it all started. Initially, was the dream stand-up or... No. S- what was the dream? I think it was combo Saturday Night Live. I wanted to do Saturday Night Live. And then I wanted... I wanted to be like... Um, like I, because again, I only grew up watching. We only had old movies that played, so I wanted to be like Terry Gar and Young Frankenstein, <laughs> or like um, in uh, Wed Wed Woes in uh, in uh, what's her name, Madeline Kahn. Mm. Like I wanted to be like a funny comedic actress among funny men. Because uh, like when I think of Madeline Kahn, I think of her as like the female in the funny men ensemble. Well, I mean, not in. Ta- I mean, I always like to play with ladies. There just weren't that many versions of it, yeah. you know. So, so there weren't. There was no bridesmaids then. So, right, that's true. Yeah. So it was not intentionally among funny men. It was just more like, uh, yeah. That's what I wanted to do. It was almost like an old fashioned, or even like a Myrna Loy, mm-hmm. like the Thin Man, like just these great character that's and i always wanted to be audrey in little shop like this is great roles that's right. what i wanted to play like great quirky roles and i didn't i actually quit stand-up as soon as i booked the sitcom it terrified me and it was also i was like 20 and like at first when if you're a 20 year old female you're like prey you know mm-hmm. like and i also just wasn't confident like i cared too much what people thought of me doing stand-up then and so i think it was i was too vulnerable to like I wanted people to laugh too badly, so I preferred. So I did improv and sketch because I prefer being. I rather I preferred playing with other people. And I see I, it's like how you want to be a dancer who's in a chorus line yeah. with other people. I like playing with other people. I <laughs> yeah. like making things with other people. And so um, I came back to stand up later. And how do you feel about it now? I love it. Did you stand up? I have done it, and sometimes I think, why didn't I stick with it? And then I think, oh yeah, I remember why because. The last time I did it, I kept looking at my watch and I was like, by 10 o'clock, this will be over. Thank God. By 10, like I just couldn't wait for it to be over. The first time I ever did it was amazing and I loved it and I did well. And then it just, I I couldn't recapture that. I definitely didn't stick with it long enough. I started getting all this, I, I don't know if he was my manager at that point, but there was like, I was getting this advice from men that was like, as a female, you never want to talk about this. You never want to talk about Ugh. this. And like, I got up in my head and it was yeah. just, it wasn't fun for me no, versus, um, I, I used to do a lot of like talking head television stuff and yeah. sort of comedic and round table where I felt like, I love live television. I feel so comfortable in that yeah. scenario. Yeah. And it just, I was just like, this is, I just don't, I don't love this and you have to do it for so long to yeah. get good. And I just, I don't know. Sometimes now though, I think I wish I either did it or I wish I had stuck with it because like, I feel like I could probably write a set and I could probably start could. doing it. Of course you could. And it would actually put me in a pool of people that I would like to be in. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It's just not my thing. Well, I'll be honest with you. I mean, like I, I was, I never wanted to do it again. It terrified me. And, and 
you know, it was only, um, so after Mad TV, I started doing Chelsea Lately. And so I remember Bobby Lee said to me, because we both did both of them. He was like, you know, and, and Chelsea, which was a joy and a, it was awesome for me. Like, but like, you know, it was easy. You don't make much money. You make a couple right. hundred bucks, but whatever. Like, it's, good it's like so good. Like, it was great. Like, I that didn't matter to me. But at the time, I like, I needed to make some money. And Bobby was like, you realize, like, you're the only one you make the money on the weekends because of this. Like you plug the thing. You're the only one not actually going and making some money. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else was stand-ups and I was like sketch and improv. And um, and then I was living in New York. I would fly in and do Chelsea and people were, people kept trying to book me to, everyone thought I was a stand-up mm-hmm. and they kept trying to book me to do it. I was like, I don't know, I, don't know, I can't do it. I can't. It was just, and then I realized it was only out of fear and I was like, well, that's not quite, that's not quite a good enough reason. Yeah. And so then a buddy of mine was like, well, I'm going to book you on my show in three weeks. So you're either going to be standing up there for seven minutes with nothing to say or you'll get it together. And then I have to say, I'm really glad that I, cause I, you know, I did it long enough to get an agent and then I quit. And I have to say, I enjoyed coming back to it, you know, in my thirties when I knew who I was more, I was more comfortable in my own skin. I did a lot of it in New York because it was, because I had already been on Mad TV. I had already been on Chelsea lately. Right. So there's like, and you're not going to be good. Like just because you can play soccer doesn't mean you can play baseball. Like I could do improv and sketch, but this doesn't mean I can do stand. I knew that. So I needed a little privacy. I did a lot of the Brooklyn rooms. Just I sort of gave myself the pri- I didn't really tell anybody. I kind of right. gave myself the privacy to fail for a while. Yeah, if I were to do it, that's how I should do it. Even yeah, I'm saying it on the podcast. <laughs> and it and it really was. And I'll be honest with you. And now, like I went into it at first thinking, like, okay, well, maybe I can like make some money. And like it to me, it's been this is so cheesy, but like I feel like it's been such a gift to sort of like this almost like feels like almost like a spiritual experience of like coming face to face with myself like Mm -hmm. you're alone up there i do like to be up with other people like and it's like i can't hide behind somebody else and it's like it forces you to be front and center and it forces you to see and the audience lets you know how they like you up there like you come in with a certain idea and and it's been incredibly empowering to like start you know i now i tour all the time and like and I'm not jaded about it because I, you know, I haven't been doing it. Like, it's not like I've done it all the way straight through. Like, mm-hmm. it's still like, oh, my God. I'm Like, so I, it, you know, and I see where I've improved and I see where my, you know, now I do 50 minutes and it like, and I, and I've been able to eliminate a lot of the stuff that I didn't quite like as much anymore. Like, and it, and it feels almost like the only sport I ever played growing up was tennis and it feels like there's a certain muscular, like when you're actually doing it, it's like, it feels like you're, it's like very athletic. There's something I'm just so amazed that I'm doing it that I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing it. Like, and it still <laughs> tortures me. I'm still like, I'm doing it tonight and I'm terrified. But like, there's something about walking through it and and seeing, it's incredibly personal. It's this weird intimate thing and that your connection, whereas I, I liked the connection with a performer on stage, the connections with all of, like the humanity of all these people in the room that you mm-hmm. you get to sort of have this experience of people you would never know all over the country. It's interesting. That's, my, mm, that's, that's a compelling case for it. I know it's it's because it's scary and it's still scary. Like how cool that something can scare you that much as an adult, and that you choose to do it, and that and doesn't always work out. Like and that you can like let yourself learn something new. It's actually been and the, and it's a different. I switched teams. I barely do improv anymore. Like now I'm full stand up. I love it. Like and I just I'm like starting to come out of hiding. People are like, why haven't you tried to do like 
I sat on Conan. Why haven't you tried to do a special? So I, I submitted for a special this year. Like, it's like I've never even applied. Like, people have right. asked me to submit. It's I've like never how you submitted. yourself. And I feel like it's like I've been afraid. It's almost like I never, like, let any of my friends see my sets. Like, I would, mm-hmm. it's almost like a person who goes out of town and, like, fox hookers on the road and then comes back. <laughs> like, it's like I have all these strangers have seen what I do. Like, and it's been going well. So, it's, so I, so, like, you know, I, I taped my, the set for the special audition, I taped it at Meltdown and I invited every, it was like my biggest nightmare. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody I know was there, which is truly my biggest nightmare. And it went great, you know, and, and just, just sort of coming out of hiding as a stand up. It's like, I'm doing it anyway. Why don't you actually just be a, like, it's okay. Right. It's to cool. embrace it. There's nothing wrong with being a stand up. Well, here's my question for you. Um, and I'll take my answer on email or off mic or something yeah. is, I'm wondering what would be the the equivalent in LA of the Brooklyn <clears throat> rooms that you did. I'll give you the ones that people don't know. Yeah, about I'll give or, you the list. Okay, cool. Yeah, awesome. and I'll hook you up because um, Dana Dana Gould and I host a show called Tinkle Twins at Meltdown, and our booker Anna she books a lot of cool, fun rooms. There's like there's a great one called Comedy Palace. It's like in a Chinese restaurant oh, in Los Feliz every Thursday night. Like there's a lot of great quirky little rooms like in Los Feliz and Silver Lake and Echo Park and downtown. Like there's all these weird little rooms. Seems like such an undertaking. But when you present it like a spiritual journey, then that and then I'm like, ooh, maybe I should. I honestly feel like, and this is gonna sound so cheesy, but like along the way, you know, whatever. When people like, you know, that I've unintentionally taken in, or I think even particularly as a female, like when people, you know, I think it is a different time now. Like I'll see gals that I think are in their 20s who maybe, like I did come up with people saying to me, women aren't funny and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And it's like, I didn't grow up with that in my house. But like when I entered the comedy world, people did say that to your face. And you start to, you it. You take in or you, you know, it's just like. Well, that's what happened to me in New York. I mean, I really. Yeah. All that shit that yeah. was said to me now, now I see it through a different You're lens. Like, and I'm like, you. that's so, f- I can't exactly. believe I listened to that, but, but I listened to it. Me too. Time. I got that in Chicago a little bit and in New York, which were amazing experiences for yeah. me. But like, that was just the culture and it's not. But I heard it and it was like, I never, I mean, one of the great things about my mom, it's like, I always felt like, like. I never thought that, like, all the women I knew were funny. There mm-hmm. were a lot of funny, my friends were all funny. Like, and nobody said, nobody treated it like it was weird that any, that women, there was never a distinction for me gender-wise as far as, like, humor until I actually started doing comedy stuff and people would say that stuff. And, and like, and it, it embarrasses me that I took it in. Yeah. But, but when you're kind of. When you're new. When you're new and you're, you know, you're 20 or 21 or, like, and there's a lot of vitriol, like, and just. So I feel like my amends to myself is like doing it as the version of myself now. And it's like, fuck. And I also like, I go where my people are. It's also like some rooms isn't, aren't as comfortable for me. So like I'm doing one tonight, you know, like I love a gay show. I'm doing it like, you know, so I'm going to a gay bar in Silver Lake tonight. Like it's finding, it's okay if I don't need to. Like, also what I find funny, like, I'm not, I'm not, I think I've also been afraid of trying to do, like, a Tonight Tour or something that's, mm-hmm. like, I'm not, like, a set-up punchline set-up. Like, I have sort of weirder delivery. It's a little, it's a little more rascally, and mm-hmm. it is what it is. But, like, just accepting, I think, that there's nothing wrong with that. Like, stand-up has changed, and you don't have to just be, like, this perfect, you know, that, what's your version of it? 
Like, what's your truth of it? What's your mm, version of it? Right. I know that sounds so cheesy, but I feel like I was able to sort of apologize to the kid that got scared like like at 20 and, and stopped doing it. I think it was like, I didn't know how to deal in that yeah. world. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, because I was like, there's too many rules. I can't do it. Yeah. But yeah. now I don't, I think I would be able to approach it as a, there are fewer, I don't care what the rules it's are. It's between you and yourself too. Yeah. And it's like, I think not telling people you're doing it, I would record every set and like, you know, and you listen back and you don't have to, you don't have to figure the whole thing out at once. You do one topic at a time. You see where they're laughing. You see where you cut them off, like where they want to be laughing and you don't let them keep laughing. <laughs> you know, so you listen or you see if you've improvised something, you can add it in. But like, it's a very personal, it's so painful. It was like actually getting up and running. It was almost like looking into a light that was too bright. And I realized like it is because it's so personal. Like there's something so terrifying of facing your own everything horrible that you think like and actually seeing that you're there's nothing wrong with you like mm. that like everything that I got in trouble for growing up is what people laugh at when I do stand up on stage and like there's something like all the stuff that you think is wrong with you is what makes you relatable nobody wants to hang out with a perfect person what kind of stuff did you get in trouble for growing up I mean I think it just being told I was like too much or whatever you know like just it's, being yeah like like take a chill pill like that just that I was too much yeah it's funny. I was just talking with um with another person on the show about the fear of being um too loud. Yeah, but oh, not God, actually yeah. too loud, but just as a no. Yeah, when people would go, shh, come on, and take it down. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just being too much. Too. I, I've heard keep your pants on. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I my Rhode Island. Take a chill pill on. Take a chill. Like chill. Shh. You're so loud. Yeah. It's too much. It's just yeah. being too. Who you are is too much, and it's like. Go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you try? Did you ever try to not be who you are? I mean, there was a moment in time when I came out. I after I was on working, like there was a period of time, like and it's interesting. You know, I booked it. I I was like, you know, I had a little red bowl cut and like still as an adult, <laughs> like a little red bob and was quirky. And I would wear like little vintage sweaters and stuff. And like I booked like a bunch of stuff right out of the gate. Like I booked like a Woody Allen. Like I like had a lot of success right out of the mm. gate. And then um, and then and growing up, I was always like a little chubbier. I was probably like 30 pounds heavier, which I'm not that tall. So that's quite a bit on mm-hmm. me. So I lost most of it before I started this because I never wanted somebody to tell me to lose weight. But I remember I like lost all this weight and um, like, cause I got sick. I like got the flu. I mean, I love to eat. So it was truly like, I couldn't get up to get to the fridge. Like that's the only way that's going to happen. <laughs> but I remember like, I started getting some like bigger parts on things. Like I, and I, when you lost weight. Yeah. And I started getting like, People were like, I know you're really sick, but you're really lucky. Like, you look really good, you know? <laughs> oh, God. And then, like, trying to, like, I, there was a period of time where I was like, oh, I got to keep it off. Like, I got and then, like, you know, they made, I got a little blonder and, like, and it was just, like, I got to tell you, there was, like, a, maybe a year or two where I was, tr- like, you know, because when I moved out here, I moved out for, for the sitcom and I didn't have my friends out here. I didn't know mm-hmm. anybody. So, it was also, like, without my buddies, you know, so... I felt like I got away from that initial spark of why I booked stuff in the first place, which was a little weirder, a little louder, a Mm. little fatter, like a little (laughs) bit like, you know, and, and once I kind of was like, Oh fuck that. Like I, I'm never going to, be the boy I, I don't book like the mom on the sitcom like I'm ne- and that's fine like were they sending you out for like 
ingenue roles at that yeah, time? I mean, it's like, you know, I was like 22 or 23. Like, and I think a lot of it, quite honestly, to be fair, like, I think a lot of it was just my story in my head. I was just afraid, you mm-hmm. know? So it was like, oh, I got to keep it. Like, okay. Like, and just not having my friends here. So it was interesting when I realized it's like the reason you know, having grown up in a general store town that I got on a sitcom by 22, it wasn't because I was like the queen of the prom, <laughs> you know, it's like, it wasn't because I'm like the prettiest girl from Rhode Island. It's like, it's just because I was like a little bit different. And so be the best version of you. It was, it, you know, and I booked less stuff when I was trying to sort of be like, just what do you want me to be? Mm, you know, mm-hmm. like, what do you, you know, like, and, and, and again, I feel like it's different now for gals that are coming. Like, you look at the Broad City girls who are yes. so great. And like, I feel like there is so many different types of people that cast in things. And like, it's more accepting. Like, just bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Like, I think, you know, and I was, I was working more just as my weird self than I did trying to be like, what robot version of young <laughs> actress in LA do you want me to be? You know, so that was the time. It didn't feel good. Right. right. I, I lost my special sauce for a little bit. <laughs> Although I think, I know that when I moved to New York, I um, was surprised at how insecure I was yeah. at the very beginning. I just didn't. I knew that it was going to take me a little while to adjust and yeah. feel like I fit in, but I didn't realize what it would do to my inside. Yes. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know who I am anymore or where yeah. I fit in, which I didn't expect that. So I think I, like some of that's um, just the whole relocating thing. I had that. I was, it was also weird. Like, cause I was making money and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it was weird. It was like so fast early. And I remember feeling like, cause then again, at like 22, no one's making any money. And right. I, I was, you know, there was something like that. I'd like, I felt like I could either have like money and success or my friends. I somehow felt like it was a betrayal to people, which is so silly. Like now I'm like, give me that money. <laughs> like I'm ready for that. Give me that real, I'm ready to buy a house. You know what I mean? Like I could deal with it now. But at the time I remember just like not knowing anybody out here feeling somehow like. Did you feel like guilty? That I it was did. Happening? I did. I felt like I wanted to buy people things just like <laughs> get rid of it. You know, it was like now it's like, oh, I'll take such good care of you money. I'm ready for you now money. You can come back. <laughs> I take much better care of you now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was just, I, yeah, I, felt, I think I was just like all by myself and scared. Right. And I'd always had like these really funny girlfriends that I grew up with. Like my girls, I've always gotten along very well. I mean, I have a lot of guy friends that are my comedy guy friends, but my tightest friends were always my girls. And like, mm-hmm. I think when you leave that sort of family of origin buddies, right? it's like harder as an adult, like when you have to go have like lady lunches. So where'd you grow up, Molly? You know, like <laughs> rather than like the people that are your idiot, funny friends yeah. who make you laugh like crazy. I think it's just adulthood. Yes. But eventually did you make more of those friends? Yeah. It took a while. There's some yeah. trial and error out here. <laughs> but like, yeah. Oh my God. No. Now I have so many great friends out here and I, and I love LA, but I, yeah, it took me a while to find my people. So when I was reading, um, the article that was in the New York Times about how you and your husband met, which is so sweet, there's a part in there where he found you asleep. Yeah. Uh, in bed. What was it? Like dressed in a something and holding dressed a... to go jogging. And holding like a, a spatula. I have insomnia. And so... I do too. It sucks. Yes. And so... But I can nap. So it's not true. And basically, I'm just... My cycle's reverse. Mm. So like, I'm like... 
Edward Cullen. I am full on vampire <laughs> from Twilight. From Twilight. <laughs> I saw Twilight. You did? Yeah, he's a Twihard. Well, I don't know about that, but I was dating a goth-ish girl when it came out. Yeah, so. you were. Uh, okay, sure. It's sort of, you have to do it. You have to do it. Um, so, yeah, it was like, and I remember like, you know, I didn't date that much out here too. Like, it was hard to find, like, I, I found it, I didn't date that much out here. And so like, you know, Dan is very cute. I was very suspicious of him. It was like. I just see, I was like, where's your secret headshot? I don't know. And <laughs> he's so, a comedy like, writer, right? Yeah. And I was just like, he's, he was handsome and he kind of liked me. And I couldn't figure it out. I was like, where's this? What's the story? So, but I'm a very messy person. I'm a night owl. And I remember trying to desperately keep my house neat and like seem like an early bird. And I remember one day he was like, I love how messy you are. And it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He was like, are you kidding? You're like, I was like, oh my God, thank God. Like, like if you think this is like, this is me super neat now i can fucking exhale and you can see the real demon that lives inside yeah it's just like i get tired you know i just i love a nap i i love i mean well and sometimes i just can't make it through the afternoon what how does your um tell me about your insomnia i get i am really fun at night like i get (laughs) crazy i love it i don't want to go to bed i'm on fire I'm so happy once the sun goes down. I'm bummed once daylight savings mm-hmm. happen. I love yes. the dark. I hate this light late. I'm a mole person. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want, I'm just super fun and happy. I'm like awake at night. I'm like, and I want to make mischief. I want to play dress up. I want to watch The Bachelor. I want to play. I want to play with the animals. I want to do cat videos. I do not. I'm angry that I have to go to sleep. Don't want to go to sleep. So tired. Oh my God, it's later. Oh my God, it's all right. Now it's two. Oh shit. Okay, I got up at eight. Like it's it's a nightmare. And it's been like that since I was an infant. My whole family, my whole dad's side of the family, the special sauce side, we all have that. <laughs> my brother has it. My dad, my cousins, we're all like, we're just all night owls. It's a nightmare. Have you, um, I've been to the Yale Sleep Clinic and everything. Oh, really? Yeah. What'd they do? They wanted me to get up at the same time every day and stare into a light, like one of those like, like, oh, don't kill yourself, you're in Scandinavia lights. And uh, <laughs> it's like, I'm not, and no naps. It's like, fuck yeah. this. Or just accept that you're a night owl. What Become saying, a stand-up. Have, have you tried sleeping pills or anything oh, like yeah. that? Oh, my God, how, yeah. Did, that, did any of it work? I mean, I nibble on Ambien when I have to like, um, yeah, but then you're like, oh, I don't, uh, what's worse? Like not sleeping or being addicted to Ambien? I don't know. Right. I mean, I'm not taking Ambien right now, but there, cause there was a while where I was taking a lot of Ambien and I would go online shopping and buy like, like things would arrive. <laughs> I bought my brother a three hundred dollar Roomba vacuum because he needed a robot. No memory. They're uh, so expensive. They're gotten more. That was a while ago. They're like eight hundred bucks now. Jeez. They're good though. I don't own one. But we got one for my mom. We all pooled in and got one from That's her nice. from Janet Marie. She's coming to town tomorrow. <laughs> oh really? Mm-hmm. What are you guys gonna do? We're going to the Magic Castle. Which is exciting. We're mm. gonna go. She's gonna come to Tinkle Twins. We're gonna go to another stand-up show. Uh, we might go out to Malibu. She's just so happy to not be in Rhode Island in March that she doesn't really care what we do. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So insomnia, spatula, husband. Well, how do you and your husband meet? I did improv with his. He his buddy came out from New York and stayed with. He was like he's like such a good guy that he just like oh my buddy's coming out for pilot season. I'm gonna go buy bunk beds. <laughs> So he was like a man with bunk beds, like yeah, and man, and so he we did improv. I did I we did an improv show every week with his roommate on his upper bunk, and uh, he would come see us, and then he asked me out, and then and then we 
we both had moved from New York on our first date. We we were talking about we both loved Howard Stern. He started describing his favorite Howard Stern uh, sketch ever, and then it turned out that it was me, and he didn't oh. remember that. And so, yeah, so that was, uh, yeah, there you go. Did you, okay, I'm going to dig deep for a second. Then Please. we're going to take some questions that people send in over Twitter. Love it. Um, Did your relationship with your dad, how did that affect your relationships with boyfriends oh god i mean i had the worst picker i mean it was just like oh yeah oh god like give me like the stadium full of a thousand nice men and then like one that's going to try to fuck your friends it's like i like charlie (laughs) that guy that's talking to my friend like when i go to the bathroom no i like charlie like yeah Yeah. it was just like charming funny charismatic douchebags who are gonna eventually fuck your friends so horrible same um, sometimes charming, funny, charismatic douchebags who had girlfriends that they like sort of were on oh, their way out of that okay, relationship. Okay, really. okay, okay. All the all the emotionally unavailable. Oh my bad god, ones yeah. That came on a strong. Fi- a yes. fixer upper, fun. Like gives a great first month. Mm. So fun. The highs are month. so high. And then you keep trying to get back to that first month. I mean, yeah. the worst, the worst. So how do how do you feel like you finally ended up with someone great? I mean, honestly. I went to therapy for a while and then um, there are certain things that that shall not be named that were recommended. There are certain um, groups out there that I'd heard about that like I ran out of money and that, um, you know, I just knew there were certain fellowships that friends of mine had gone to that I started going to and it was helpful for me. Okay. So there you go. Awesome. <laughs> I'm purposefully not digging. Yeah, I'll tell you off camera. You should say it's not AA because people. Will oh my god, it's oh, right. not AA. It's not AA. Oh my god, if it was, I'd be so much cooler. Like all my friends that are in AA are so much cooler than I am. It would add an air of mystery to me. No, I don't have any cool. It's nothing cool so, like that. Let's see if. And I'm not in a cult, right? No, a fellow. Do you, are you comfortable with this? If not, this goes out. A potentially twelve step based fellowship that deals with dealing with other people i mean may, perhaps maybe, maybe perhaps not. perhaps maybe okay let's take some questions <laughs> that people sent in over twitter okay when we ask they send them in they're wondering how you have been so thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans okay here we go. TSDCX says, what is her position on dating comedians, both for herself and in terms of general public safety? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I'm not going to act. I think you. it would be impossible to be have been a female comedian and have not made out with a few comedians. <laughs> um, I love my comedian friends. Um I, you know, Natasha Legero and Moshe just got married. I look at like George and Gracie, like I, I like the idea of it. I think, you know, it's very much, I would say, comedian to comedian. There's a difference between improvisers and stand-ups. Um, you know, I mean, like young, cute stand-ups do pretty well for themselves. So if you think you're going to be the only one and you're on the road, uh, <laughs> I think that it's almost like dating a rock star if you're with a like, popular you know, 
and why not? They're getting the getting the people. I think, but they're complicated. I think don't expect them to be funny all the time. A mm-hmm. lot of them are a little more complicated than you. It's not necessarily going to be the barrel of laughs, but um, I would say very much person to person. A Kimmy thing asks, what was the best part of being part of the Chelsea Lately panels? Oh my gosh. I loved doing them. There was a few, like, there were certain people I just loved being on with who made me laugh so hard. I loved, I loved being on with Josh Wolf and Chris Frangiola. They never put me on with ladies. So I'm not trying, like, like, that was always just sort of one lady per, I did one lady panel, which was fun with Fortune and Sarah Colonna, which was great. But, um, but I loved being on with Josh Wolf and, uh, Ross Matthews. It was just my favorite parts were when it would go off roading and when you could riff together and giggle and when it wasn't so like one joke at a time, mm-hmm. but like laughing or teasing each other. If you knew the person that you were on with and you got on a roll, that was always the most fun. I and mean, there's nothing more fun than just like laughing with your friends. So those guys in particular, I always had a good time with. Oh, and you just, this question is um, sent in by at Allison Rosen. You just did the live at midnight, right? Yeah. How was that? So fun. We did it at South by Southwest. It was me and Doug Benson and Chris Cubis, who was the points me winner. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh my God, it was a blast. They did it on Periscope. It was really fun. That's really cool. Okay, Jonah Ray says, <laughs> What's her take on precious treasure friendship? Oh, what is that a reference to? Jonah and I have friendship. <laughs> uh, Jonah um, and his lovely lady Deanna, like we, we, I met them when um, I went on D- Dana Gould loves Halloween, and Dana's a very good friend of mine, and we went on the haunted hayride around Griffith Park, which is terrifying. And is it really terrifying? It's really scary. And I was start I was like, there was like a really hot zombie that kept coming in. He was like shirtless, it was like a shirtless dancer. And so I kept screaming like like how about how how great the body of the zombie was and that we were making friendship. <laughs> so now whenever I see Jonah, I saw Jonah Jonah at South by Southwest that we have precious friendship. Treasure <laughs> friendship and lastly, David Cooter says, has she ever been to Sweden, in particular the Stockholm Archipelago? Oh, I would love, I've been to Malmo, Sweden, but that's sort of just like a little island, like it's not, I would love to go to Sweden. Um, I think I need to get that sitcom money to go to Sweden because apparently it's a fortune in mm. Sweden. I went to Denmark, a lot of good looking people over there. I've never felt shorter. I uh, I do have Swedish genes, but my family's like anti-evolution. We shrink every, <laughs> every, every, whatever generation. There you go. My husband the other day looked at me and he's like, see that little like point on your ear? It's like, that's a leftover sign or that's like a leftover evolution thing. And I'm, I'm just a, a hair less evolved than people who don't have it. And it's this, I will show you oh on my, um, on my earlobe. Oh, that's like that great. Little notch that's right fun. There. You went in a fight. I guess. I feel I like hair, so. I feel like hair less evolved means that you can like take someone if yeah, I need to. Yeah. Like in the bushes. You're like, it's like, that's my meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's exactly how I'd love to be seen. So. I like that. Perfect. Oh my God. But then I started noticing it's not that rare. I don't know how many people have it. Um, what does your husband do? He works in film distribution. How long have you been married? We have been married. We just celebrated our two-year anniversary. So it's fairly new. Are you guys going to have babies? We're trying. Do you want to? You want yes. to? Yes. Yeah. We're doing IVF. Oof. Um, so we're we're committed. It's a whole are you, thing. Are you having shots right now? Uh, no, but I start to... Like the... 
I start progesterone and oil shots tomorrow, Ooh. which are the big, thick, scary ones. Bleh. I've done hundreds of the other little ones. Oh. I've done. I, we've been doing it for a while, girl. So, yeah, I wish you. You know what? Everybody I know who really wanted a baby eventually got one. So you do not. Do you not want a baby? You know, we're like on the fence. It's like we don't not want a baby, mm. but like I feel like you gotta really, really want a baby. But like, I mean, I. I'll be honest with you. I feel like if I had, if I knew, if I had a little more money in the bank, I'd be less scared of it. I'm like very practical. I'm a very practical person and I don't want to be a burden on anyone. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm, I'm incredibly practical, even though I'm a rascal, I'm (laughs) a very practical rascal. And I look at, it's like, we have a nice life and we can pay for it. I mean, it's not like I'm living high on the hog, but it's like, I don't know how I don't know how I, we would, no, we, there's no family, there's no one out, right. there's no one nearby. Nobody could help. So it's like, I would want to be, and yet I love kids and I'm great with, like I was, a, you know, I was a camp counselor for years. I do love kids. Mm. I wish, I really actually wish that I wasn't so analytical about, like I, it's, it's, right. it's interesting. Like there's a part of me that's very, very brave in other areas of my life. And I feel like I see my friends who do it and I have so much respect for it. Like I see how hard it is and what a big undertaking it is. And it's like, I see what a big job it is to be a mom. Yeah. I wish I could be like a divorced dad. And it's like kills it on the weekends. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe one day I, you can. Maybe I can, guys. <laughs> so you're Dear undecided. You. I like. wish I was like, I think I would be excited and happy if it happened. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's like, I think I have enough, like I see, like I don't want to be flippant about it. Like I see what it's like, it's not something to be like, I guess not. Like, like it's like a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we've had family out here maybe. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I guess I should just get over myself and try. I mean, if you want to, but, that's, but I don't think you should. I wish it was a clear no, no for me. Like yeah. that's the thing. It's not a clear, like right. I wonder if I'll regret that. I don't know. But there's lots of little people that need homes, too. That's true. That is true. Yeah, I mean, I wish that my biological clock had started ticking sooner. Right. And I wish I had started trying sooner. So when did you get get excited about it? Like, what happened? You were just like, I need a baby. Um, I... Like, how does that clock, how do you know the clock's going? I mean, I feel like the clock only recently really started ticking in terms of my having this, like, visceral, like, oh, yes, I want a baby. Like, I've been trying for longer than I've oh ever since I was little I've always known that I wanted to have right. kids so that was never a question it's I've always felt like for me personally no matter how much success I achieve I think if I don't have kids I will feel like I missed out on something that I wanted to do versus right. the alternative of like if I never if I have kids but I don't achieve the success I want I think I that's that's, that's okay. more okay um I've just always known that from the time I was young but I also So you've been trying, but now you're like we have we are we have pulled the goalie. So I'm not preventing it. Okay. Okay. So I'm open to it enough that I'm not pre- but I wish it was with less trepidation. My doctor, my gynecologist <laughs> never he, played baseball. What, what baseball team do you play for? <laughs> she said to me, uh she said, I'm gonna give you the advice I give to all women over thirty five. Yes. Oh, here's my husband right now. He's adorable. He's adorable. You guys will make cute babies. Thank you. She said, I'm going to give you the advice that I give to all women over 35. 
um, when you're ready, start trying. And if it takes you longer than six months, go to a reproductive endocrinologist. Okay. You'll give them a lot of money. They'll get you pregnant. As it turns out, it is not that. I thought, oh, it's like a guarantee. It's not yeah. a guarantee at all, which is why it's been taking us so long. How many rounds have you done? We haven't ever gotten to the point where they've put the embryos in. We're just banking embryos. So I've done eight retrievals it's a fucking lot of shots and it's just a lot and eight retrievals because i don't produce enough eggs each i don't produce the amount of eggs that most women so you have embryos time. we have embryos but you haven't put them in we have not put them in because i have endometriosis me too <gasps> really oh yeah oh my god girl yeah so wait a minute so wait what are you gonna do about the endometriosis so Right now, we're doing a mock trial, which is where they make sure that like the drugs will prime my uterus in the correct way. And then I do a drug called Lupron for four weeks. I It was going to be birth control for six weeks, but then I decided I want to do this other one for four weeks. Um, so for four weeks, I will do this other drug that will suppress all the endometriosis, and then they will try to put them in. But yeah, the reason that we collected all them now is because of the endometriosis. They wanted they want to suppress that before trying to put them in. Oh, my God. It's Good a, luck. It's a whole thing. I hope it, How many you. do you have banked? Seven. Well, you're fine. I was going to work. We'll see. We want two kids, though. We're, we're greedy. Oh, so you'll, wait, get, you'll get two with seven. Let me ask you this. Oh, yeah. You're going to be you, fine. Have you had uh, any surgery on your endometriosis or anything? No, but I've been on. I was on the constant pill from the time I was like twenty-one. See, that's smart because they suggested that I go on it, and I tried and, it, and no, I hated it. So no, I, I mean, I was off. on the pill like without a break, like to the point of not like. Having oh a no, period. like like I oh. got constant pill. That's what they do. That's what they want. That's what they did. So yeah. yeah, so I but yeah, so I've been. I was on that for years. How did you get diagnosed? I mean, I had my period like three times a month. Mm. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah, yeah. No, I've had I've, all, all the all the period stuff I've had, and it's I've really done fun. And it's, it's really yeah. fun. Things are so fun as a lady. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Um, at a certain point, I was like, I, I can't go in a car for an hour. Like, there's no way I can last an hour. Oh God. And, no. Yeah. Okay. How are we doing on time? We're good. Okay. Let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something. Perlee says, after cell drops call, have no patience for, I don't know what happened. I had plenty of reception banter that will ensue. Oh, I should have told you. This is where people write in with things they think or do and they wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? Okay. So she's saying no time for that chit chat that you make after you reconnect with someone after a dropped call. You know, what's actually been a very helpful thing. My friend instituted when a phone call gets dropped for whatever reason, because so this is not d- directly addressing it, but but that whoever placed the initial call is the person to call back. Smart. So you so they're not you're not both calling at once. So then you don't. Now. Which I have found now that I have some friends that know this about me. So whoever placed the initial call calls back. So you don't need to discuss it. It's nice. So there you go. There's your. So you maybe you start every phone call with if this call gets dropped, right. whoever I place the call, so I'm calling, and then you don't discuss it. That might is. I hope that helps you. That's good. Jmos for Aros says, when inside, being cold on a hot day or hot on a cold day is awesome. Hot on a hot day or cold on a cold day is the worst. Um, I think is that a question? I hate the heat. I'd rather be yes. cold. I'd rather be cold. Yes. I'd rather we be cold. We have the same yeah. taste in weather. Yeah. <laughs> and and night time. Of day. Yeah. 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 Okay. Your name here says, 
If TV character studies sample through a microscope, I get the irrational fear that they might be bumped and poke their eye out. No, I don't have that one. I don't have that one. But what was I doing the other day where I was like, if someone knocked me into something, something would get would get knocked out. I don't know if I was walking I have, out with a I spoon have, in I my have mouth like or... teeth falling. I have teeth getting knocked out fears all the time. Yes. I like do not want to get tripped and ha- like I have like a lot of fear that I'm going to fall and knock my teeth out. Mm-hmm. And when I hear that people casually are like, oh, my tooth just came out. Like people who have like caps or whatever. They're like, right. oh, I got to get my tooth put back. I'm like, how the fuck can you be so casual that you're missing a tooth? Like I can't handle tooth teeth things. Do you have dreams about teeth? Oh God, yeah. Yeah. All the time. Uh... Yale Star says, I'd rather risk a beard hair in my food than have to interact with a person wearing a beard net. What's you know, a beard net? Oh, I don't like, know. Like, like a hair net? On their beard. Have you seen that before? Does that exist? I've never seen that. Okay. It must exist. Yale Star, we haven't seen it, but I'm with you. That would be creepy. I can weird. see that being a thing now that. You know what? I did get it. I got a hair in my salad at um, CPK and I loved that salad. And once I had this hair that was clearly not mine. I never wanted that salad again. And I'm not a real germ freak, but there was something about someone else's really clear hair that grossed me out. Straight or curly, dark or light? Dark, short. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's there so you go. <laughs> dark, short hair is not what you want no. in your salad. No. What kind of salad? It was, I loved, it was the like, I think it was like, like the barbecue chop. It was like a chop head, like jicama. Basically, has like tortilla chips in it. Yes. You know, you're like, what's my salad? Like, it's like a Dorito, right, it's like like a Dorito with, salad. Like, uh, like what's her name with Ben? You're my person. You're my person. You're my salad salad. So you give me <laughs> your pube hair on it. My husband doesn't know who won yet, so I'm... Oh, really? All right. Now he knows. Okay. Demian Cordova says, just mirror everyone. Guys only. Jeff, you can weigh in. I sometimes pee with the seat down to see if I can pee without hitting the seat. I can. I don't ever do that. Not once. What are you, a woman? (laughs) With all due respect to Demian. Okay. Emily Tiffany Rinna says, just mirror everyone, never really know how to properly wear a brooch. I don't own a brooch. You shouldn't, you don't need to know that. There's no good way to wear a brooch. I guess yeah. I guess if you had to wear a brooch, it would have to be like at the top of a buttoned-up shirt. Oh, really? That's where you'd go? I feel like it would go like off to the side or something. I feel like it's like the Alexa Chung kind of groovy Brooklyn. Yeah. Like if you want to be like, oh, I'm like an extra on girls, I wear my brooch right here because I live like in Bushwick. And yeah. My brooch is at my that throat. That makes sense. You guys, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, click the banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps out the show. Thank you for your Amazon support. Thank you for your <gasps> oh PayPal support. God. PayPal links on my website. We have t-shirts. We have ringtones. Hey, we have bonuses. Hey, hey, How cool. Look at, you, look at you go. Thank you're you. An you're a mogul. I'm trying. We have bonus episodes. We have all of it. Oh, Just go my to- God. You're impressive. I think you should start stand-up. Let's talk. Okay. Let's talk about that. Um... You guys follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's friends. Twitter feed at A R I Y M B F. Subscribe, Allison. 
No, excuse me. Subscribe. iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen. Jeff, where do we go for you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. Arden, it was such a pleasure oh having you on the show. Oh my gosh, thank you so Tell much. Tell them where to go to find all of your everything. Thank you so much. I, I'm on Twitter at Arden Marine. It looks like Myron, M-Y-R-I-N. I have a website, ArdenMarine.com, Instagram, and I have a podcast, which Allison Rosen was on, mm. on Nerdist, called Will You Accept This Rose with me, Eddie Pepitone, and Aaron Foley. Thank you. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen is your new best friend.